0: snazzy, isn't it? Everyone say snazzy? Yes. So um, two weeks ago, Mike Walker, he returned to the mothership, as he put it, and he spoke in Mark 8 that Jesus must suffer, that he had to do that. Um, Jesus began to teach that the Son of Man, remember that, um, Mike explained to us that that came from the Daniel prophecy. That is a clear indication that Jesus is talking about himself as the Messiah. And he said he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. Jesus said this in advance, and he refers to Daniel also uh, prophesying in advance. And last week, Steve Collier was too ill to be with us. So Tom led us in a... Um, Reflection on Lent and fasting. And I remember just at the end, Jo came up um, and she shared that the week before Easter, where we are right now, is not really about joy or not really about resurrection yet. Um, It's when we think more about uh, the cross and Jesus' death. So, what am I doing to prepare for Easter? Well, I'm taking the family to Ireland. We are going for a shindig, a hoolie. A, Kayleigh. a friend is getting married, basically. Yeah, so we're very excited. Um, we're looking forward to it, but she's looking forward to it even more. This is how it works, right? He proposed. She accepted. So there's going to be a wedding. Just, just bear that in mind for later. Unfortunately, I wasn't going to say this, but I think of it. The last time I went to Ireland, I flew, I flew to Ireland a few weeks back for... Um, Uh, for for an occasion. And I thought there was going to be great rejoicing when I I landed and showed them my passport. And instead I went to passport control and I put my passport in the automatic reader. And do you know what it said to me? Two words. It said, go back. (laughs) Honestly. I had to turn around and go back. So yeah. So in the spirit of rejection, I am going to reject the title that I was given this evening our snazzy title, and I'm going to change it. So, based on what Dara read for this this evening, I think I'm going to change it to The Rejection of the Innocent Messiah. How's that? So, can you repeat with me? Snazzy? Rejection? Innocent? Right, let's put it together. The Rejection of the Innocent Messiah. Okay, that's a bit harder. Well done. Good, Good effort. Good effort. Right, quiz time. So, Have a bowl full of I have a bowl full of chocolate eggs. The, um there's only one question. The question from our readings this evening. Listen, there's, there's four Gospels and Dara read from Matthew. And this story takes place in all four of the Gospels. And they, they slightly differ from each other. Many things run, run exactly the same throughout. But some things say one thing. Some things add bits that aren't... Um, Aren't in the others. So I'm asking you a question that you may have heard in what Dara read, but you may know from the other gospels, okay? So I will accept any correct answer. The question is who believed Jesus was innocent? I'll give you a minute to think if you need it. I came up with ten. So if you can yes, David. Caesar? Caesar. The The Emperor wasn't in the story. Pardon? No. Try again. Correct. Pilot. Pilot? That's the first one on my list. Luke 23:14. Do you know what he said? He said, I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges. That's from Luke. Any more? Come on, anybody. James, yeah? Pilate's wife. Pilate's wife. Very good. Come and get a sweet. Pilate's wife. Matthew 27. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with this innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Two down, eight to go. Come on, we can raise the uh, age of interaction slightly. <laughs> Any more Judas. got lots of Judas. very good. Judas, Matthew twenty seven, I have sinned for I have betrayed innocent blood. Is that you? No. 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 <laughs> Down. Yes. His disciples? his disciples. I'm going to go for that one a little bit. Yes, you can have a sweet. Come <laughs> what I said here wasn't his, his disciples. I said basically the crowd, um, but I included one of his disciples in particular. You see, anyone who heard Jesus speak would obviously not have heard anything to to pin him with with one of these crimes. Um, Anyone who witnessed a miracle wouldn't have had a problem either. Um, Neither would anyone who had received a miracle. So even people who then had loved him, had listened to him, had been his disciples, and saw him do many miracles, they rejected him. Even Peter. Um, If you know the story, uh, Peter disowns Jesus. He says, I never knew you to other people. That's, that's rejection, isn't it? Um, in Acts 2.22, Peter, the rejecter of Jesus, speaks to the Israelites, the crowd, the other rejecters of Jesus, and he says this, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. They were all there, they knew, this was the news. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of a wicked man, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. What shall we do, they asked him. And he replied, repent and be baptized. You've got four. Any more? Yes, Tom. The thief on the cross. Oh, nice one. What's that? Number eight, David. Could you run over to Tom with his prize? Thank you. Remember we, when you come into your kingdom, he knew Jesus was the king. Well done. Come on. Let's, let's, let's go again. Who? Wow. Barabbas. I didn't come up with that one. David, you need to go around with these again. He was grateful, though, wasn't he? Any more? His mother, very good. Cathy? the centurion. I have that one on my list. Cathy in the green coat next to you, David. Matthew twenty-seven, fifty-four. Surely he was the son of God, the centurion said. Any more? Any more for any more? The Pharisees. You can take one. (laughs) Sam got one, Sam got one. Sorry, Sam. The chief priests and the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. Matthew 27. This follows on from where Judas says he had sinned by betraying innocent blood. They reply, what is that to us? That's your responsibility. In Mark 14.55, the chief, chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they did not find any. And we heard in what Dara read about the false witnesses, and even their stories didn't match up. Um, any more? Didn't, doing really well? The rest are for me, if we don't. okay. okay. <laughs> right. What have we missed? Herod. wasn't in our passage there. Um, Pilate actually gives this away when he says, I've examined them in your presence and have found no basis for your charges. And he says, neither has Herod. He sent him to Herod who had jurisdiction over Jesus because Jesus' ministry had been in Galilee where Herod was the boss man. So, not Herod, Pilate's wife, uh, Judas, the other false witnesses. Many falsely testified against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some of them stood up and they heard him say, they said, I will destroy his temple, and when he said, I will destroy this temple and will build another, yet even their testimonies did not agree. There we go. So that's pretty much everyone, isn't it? So if everyone knows Jesus was innocent, then why crucify him? All of Israel was waiting for a Messiah. They knew the prophecy. So I was thinking about this. Was Jesus then not obvious enough? that he sort of slipped under the radar that they didn't really know it was him? Um, no, actually, he was very obvious, and I'm going to show you why. Uh, he actually confessed. In 1 Timothy 6.13, Jesus, while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, it says there, what confession? Well, Dara read to us, Pilate asks, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says... You have said so. That sounds a bit confusing. It's probably better to say, if Jesus was Irish, he would have said, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have said so, he says. And, and different translations translate the Greek. Some say, um, it is as you say, or something like that. But we don't always understand that Jesus is, is saying uh, he is the king. However, further down, in John uh, 18, 36, Jesus, in conversation with Pilate at the time, says... My kingdom is not of this world. He is clearly answering, says, yes, I am the king of the Jews. In Mark 14, 62, the high priest asks Jesus, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Capital B, capital O, are you Messiah? And Jesus replies, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand. Remember, Son of Man, the Daniel prophecy, sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. This was like flashing lights. Who am I? I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. Jesus is saying it very, very obviously. So obvious, in fact, that the response was the high priest tore his clothes because that was blasphemy to say that you were of God. In John 8, Jesus had said, before Abraham was born, I am. He's calling himself the eternal God. Before someone was even born, I am. The response to this was that they tried to stone Jesus. It was obvious. They knew what he was saying. They knew he was saying he was the Messiah. And the final one I've got here for us is Matthew 9. Um, Jesus heals... um, someone who's paralyzed but before that he tells them, son your sins are forgiven no one did that no one does that that's the thing that they said only God can forgive sins that again drove them crazy because they identified Jesus being obvious in his um, claim to be God so he says clearly he is God's son he says clearly he's the messiah If he was so obvious, I mean, listen, we're we're coming to church, we think it's obvious, most of us anyway. So why was he rejected if it was so obvious? Why crucify the innocent Messiah? Why swap him for a prisoner called Barabbas who had murdered someone in an uprising? Why? He was innocent, why has he been rejected? Why? Well, because what did they want? They wanted a freedom fighter. They wanted a rebel against Rome. They didn't want a prince of peace. They wanted violence. They didn't want to turn the other cheek. They wanted to hate their Roman oppressors, not love their enemies as Jesus had taught them. They didn't want to pay taxes to Caesar. They did not like Rome. So they rejected Jesus, not because they didn't believe in him. They'd seen the miracles. They knew the prophecies. I think perhaps they didn't like what he was saying. They didn't like that he was saying who he was saying he was, or what that meant they were or we are. That's often what we reject. So they swap Jesus for a criminal. I know some of us are familiar with the the Old Testament where a lamb would be swapped, would pay the price um, for someone's sins. In this case, we can see this happening. Jesus is swapped for this criminal, isn't he? They accused Jesus of subverting the nation, you can hardly say that word, of inciting the people to rebellion. They were Barabbas' crimes. They accused him of Barabbas' crimes, didn't they? Why? So they could crucify him, so they could get rid of him. And guess what? Barabbas received Jesus' freedom, Jesus' innocence. It was a swap, wasn't it? Does that annoy you a little bit? Does that disturb you slightly? Actually, it does. But Jesus gladly took Barabbas' place. He didn't say anything when he was accused. And he didn't object. Not ever. The only thing he answered was, are you the king of the Jews? He answered that question. The rest of his charges he did not answer. He gladly took Barabbas' place. But we're all basically Barabbas in this story, aren't we, a little bit? Because Jesus not only takes Barabbas' place, we, we sort of follow this on, don't we? Jesus did the same thing for us. He took our place on this cross, and he gladly did it. We're getting towards the end here, but the big question I think is well, why? So, we've got rid of our snazzy title, we've talked about Jesus' innocence, we talked about him really, really being rejected. But well, why did Jesus do this? Did he just do it for Barabbas? Did he, did he do it for us? Um, Hebrews 12 1 3. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the rejection, scorning the rejection, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. For the joy, what what joy was set before Jesus? What joy was set before him? This is incredible, because Easter is is everything, isn't it? Jesus coming, and if this is true, and what he did is right, then it's everything. And Jesus did this for something that was set in front of him, the joy of something ahead. And we're told in Scripture that what we look forward to is the wedding feast, the marriage of the Lamb, The marriage of Jesus to the church, to his bride. Let's pray.